It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With every day seemingly comes more conference realignment news. Now all of a sudden I'm hearing the ACC has reached out to Stanford and Cal? For what? You are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. And Kenton, we talked just yesterday about how annoying the the topic of conference uh, realignment has been getting. You know, I feel like feel like August should be the month to just get everyone excited and up to speed for college football to begin. And I think conference realignment is something that should be discussed earlier in this offseason this is not something i want to be talking about right now but it's getting repeatedly thrown into our faces in a manner of we can't really ignore it and so i was brought uh let's see pete thamel brought this tweet to my attention uh on tuesday he says in the next 20 or today's monday sorry about that today's monday uh he says in the next 24 hours there's two calls for the acc to vet and have early exploratory discussions on the potential addition of Cal and Stanford. One is for the ACC athletic directors, and the other is for the league's presidents and chancellors. To which my question is, to do what? To do what exactly? What, what, what do they think is the, is the benefit here to being exploratory with both Cal and Stanford and the ACC? Grayson Fontleroy Boone, stop playing. Stop playing. <laughs> Let's let's start there. Also, Grace's middle name isn't Fileroy. I do a thing often where I just kind of wish it was. That's a sick name. It's an awesome name. But um, we know what they're doing. I mean, as much as I say this, and as many times as fans tell me, fans tell me it doesn't matter. I point to some very simple things. Okay, everybody says the ACC had a terrible TV deal, so the these metrics don't count. But guess what? That TV deal, that grant of rights, it runs for over the next decade yes the bally sports aspect of it is gone hallelujah thank the lord we are all grateful and happy you know if you didn't believe in any deities that shows you that there may be a god or gods out there listening to our prayers but with that being said cal beat out the following teams in terms of viewership last year unc syracuse georgia tech pitt Miami, Wake Forest, Louisville, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Duke. Stanford, which is the lesser of those two schools, beat out all of those schools in terms of um, in terms of viewership. 
except UNC. And they're directly the spot below UNC. I kid you not. You can go look up the Medium article of college uh, football viewership, and I believe it's 45 through 47. Let me make sure that I have the accurate numbers for you all here. Um, the numbers are, yep, 45 through 47. 45 is Cal with 857,000 per game. Uh, 46 is North Carolina with 849,000 per game. And then 47 is Stanford with 846,000 per game. So the reality is, you know, I understand that if we're looking at any logical sense outside of the dollar, this doesn't work. This does not work. Yes, I will give you that. But this is to say that the dollar doesn't matter here is to say that sunshine doesn't matter to a plant. It just it doesn't make sense. It's how they eat. It leads so me into this here. leads me into this next tweet from Stuart Mandel of the Athletic. Kind of summarizes my take on this. He says, "Why Stanford and Cal to the ACC would make sense. The ACC can get them pro rata and academic fits." And then he says, "Why Stanford? Why Stanford and Cal to the ACC would not make sense. Everything else, legitimately, everything else." I just I don't feel like that there's really any value whatsoever to bringing Stanford and Cal to the ACC because yes, a lot of this is money driven mostly from football. And you you know, we talked a little bit about like the logistics of everything, these these conferences being split up across the coastlines here. That is enough in itself. What does what is Cal football bringing to the table? For ACC, what is Stanford football? Maybe I don't know. Ten years ago, but what are they bringing to the table now in 2023 and projectable in the future? I, it, I just, I, similar, I don't see it. It's a similar question to what you would ask about Florida State. What are they bringing? What are they bringing that demands that they leave and all that good stuff? It's eyeballs to the games. That's it. That's the reality. It doesn't matter. These teams have not been good for quite some time. You're absolutely right. I don't think that anybody's seat in the country is as hot as uh, the head coach of Stanford. I forget his name. It eludes me at the moment. I believe it's Shaw. I believe it's Shaw still. Yeah. Nobody's seat is hotter than Shaw. Nobody. Cal is running the biggest deficit of all. Let me say this very clearly. They're running the biggest deficit, biggest budget shortfall of any team, not Power Five, not of all universities, their athletic department is running the biggest uh, deficit. But they bring eyes. They bring eyes. It's, yeah. If, if you've ever seen this, the movie Moneyball, right, with uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, okay, you remember that moment where they're going over all these players that they need to pick up, and they're like, "Why would we get this guy? He's hurt. He's got this. He's got he that. He had done this. He gets on base." Why would we pick up this guy? He gets on base. It's the exact same thing right now with conference realignment. All we're asking is, do they bring viewers? To me personally, it just, this next kind of meme I made here, it feels like the ACC is going to lodge themselves between a rock and a hard place. I just, I don't think it's beneficial because, yeah, Ken, like you mentioned, I looked this up before we jumped on here. Cal has the most public school debt of any other school in the country at nearly 440 million with a giant M million dollars of debt. Mm -hmm. So to me, 
you know, sure, they have different circumstances going on out there with the the reconstruction of their stadium and and whatnot. But that kind of says to me that like not even Cal values their own athletic program. So why should the ACC kind of accept this potential burden as well? I just I, I see it as a net negative in the long run. It feels like a gigantic risk uh, for the ACC to kind of toy with um, with the potential addition of both Cal and Stanford. They oftentimes go from the batter's box to first base. That is why they get on base. They, they have people who want to see them. I agree. None of this makes sense. I yeah. agree. Everything else, the, the, geog- the geographical implications, insane. In, fundamentally insane. Like at least with the Big Ten, the Big Ten's furthest West team uh, outside of the two L.A. schools was like what? I Nebraska? Nebraska? It's either Nebraska or Minnesota, the way the uh Yeah, the it's lines one, of those, there. one of those two, right? One of those two is in the central time zone, if not further. But I'm pretty sure they're both in the central time zone. The ACC has nobody. I don't believe Louisville is in the central time zone. I believe Louisville is still Eastern. Mm, uh, no, I think they are. They are central. Oh, okay. Well, even still, they're further east than both of those schools. Right. Like, there's at least a bridge between the two per se. Nothing. Nothing of the sort for NC State. Nothing, I mean, nothing of the sort for the ACC. You're hopping from a bunch of teams who the, – the conference is named properly because it quite literally is the Atlantic Coast. Literally, from up in Syracuse, New York, all the way down through South Florida, you're looking at the Atlantic Coast in its entirety, all the way through, and then we just jump on over to the Pacific to make it a, a bi-coastal. Yeah, uh, you'd have to rebrand. I, I've seen a couple people toss some names around, like the All-Coastal League. hate that. Just ugh. sounds wrong. So, I don't know. Just I'd, I'd rather see it just be the Coastal Conference than, than either. I don't somebody, even like that, to be honest with you. Well, here's the thing, Grayson. You're having to choose between – a stale egg sandwich and a crap sandwich. You got to pick something here. I think you I'm going to go hungry that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. But I don't know. It just, to me, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it feels like a move of desperation. Like the ACC is starting to sweat a little bit, watching all these other conferences move around the way that they are. To a certain degree, I understand that. Because, yeah, you, do, you did just watch the Pac-12 fold into a four pack, like you mentioned yesterday, Kenton. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're the ACC and you have teams that are being very vocal about trying to leave, sure. Maybe, uh, maybe you do sit up a little straighter and uh, maybe you start to weigh your options maybe quicker than you should. But I just think this would be a move that would be making a move to make a move. I, and I think that's hustling backwards. If I'm the ACC, I would say, let the team go. Again, I just named to you all the teams that both Cal and Stanford are beating. So even if we say, well, UNC's basketball brand is big enough to where it makes sense for them to leave. Okay, great. Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Miami, Wake Forest, Louisville, Boston College, Virginia Tech, UVA, and Duke. All of those teams, all of them are going to find magically $300 million to, to get out of it? Sure. If you believe that, because mind you, they said that it had to be a minimum of eight teams to dissolve this thing. There are 14 uh, member teams in the the ACC because I don't think that Notre Dame has a full uh, deal there. So I just named one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
10 of 14. So even if we give, and by the way, that's not counting UNC. So even if we give Duke the same benefit of the doubt that we gave UNC, you're looking at nine teams that are getting outviewed by these two. Why would the Big Ten let you in on their cut? Why would the SEC let you in on their cut? Let's do the math quickly. Work this out for me. Like, let them leave. Hey, you want to go? Go, by all means. Pay pay your way out. Pay us our 300 M's. Let us invest that. Oh, no. Did we lose you, Kenton? He froze. All right, well, I, I got a couple more thoughts. We're going to see if Kenton will rejoin here. Uh, but we're going to kick it to our sponsors for today. That's LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. I'm still laughing at Kenton's face here. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. They use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So what you need to do is go over to LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we're still going to work on getting Kenton back in the chat here. Uh, He says his power cut off to, uh, let's see, backup generator. We're experiencing some thunderstorms in Raleigh, but I'll carry us from here. But just a couple more thoughts I had uh, involving the Cal and Stanford discussion here before we move on. I do believe in, I'm nowhere near being anywhere involved with law. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't study law. I don't know how 99.9% of this thing works. However, I saw a couple opinions on Twitter on Monday that basically alluded to if we were to be bringing Cal and Stanford into the ACC, would that not slide a little bit of leverage to teams perhaps like a Florida State and a Clemson to then challenge this grant of rights, this ironclad document that's holding all the ACC teams in place? Couldn't they say like, hey, this document, this agreement that we have all signed off on, this was an agreement for 14 schools, 15 schools. You now bring in two other schools that were not a part of this original agreement. That gives us grounds, that gives us leverage to start to wiggle out of this thing. Again, I saw this on Twitter. It makes sense to me logically. If I'm way off base, then feel free to let me know in these comments. But to me, that feels like, yeah, you are allowing schools to use this wiggle room and get out. And and especially now with the way that Florida State is walking down the street and flapping their gums, they would take quick advantage of something like this. So I just, the ACC is some sort of 
move going to have to be made? Moves, maybe probably plural, going to have to be made? Yes, probably. But at this point in time, I do not think that Cal and Stanford is the remedy to feeling any pressure. They just, I'm not seeing the value. Sure, you get more eyeballs probably on the West Coast, maybe on the East Coast when your team has traveled to the West Coast to play. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think that moves the needle enough to make such a massive decision uh, like this one. So that's my uh, concluding thoughts on the matter. But now I'm going to kind of shift gears partially. Um, I mentioned yesterday toward the end of the episode, if you have not heard the comments from both Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, or Eli Drinkwitz, who was the former offensive coordinator here at NC State, he's now currently the head coach at Missouri, They had a lot of good thoughts on, I guess, the other side of this conference realignment, the 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 mental battles that a lot of these athletes may be placed into with the severe lack of rest that they might run into. I want to kick it to Coach Drinkwitz here. Um, Still have a lot of respect for him as he did coach here in Raleigh. Some people have some differing opinions. I'll leave that where that is. But I thought he hit this nail on the head here in talking about the potential issues with this uh, realignment. Let me get this pulled up for y'all. Here we go. All right, I'm going to say it. I thought the transfer window, I thought the portal was closed. Uh, Oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's, um, look, I, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about, did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student athletes? We're talking about a football decision. They based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those those people, they travel commercial. They get done playing at four. They got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider – the people that we are entrusted to. Did we consider the student athlete? Because then we're asking them to go out on their own to get NIL. We didn't say we're going to revenue share. We're not saying they're getting a piece of it. So that that's the thing that's bothering me right now. And this whole situation is we keep trying to limit what the student athlete can do, but then we act on our own. And uh, everybody's got their own reasons. Um, uh, and, and I'm not questioning any of those. I'm saying as a collective group, have we asked ourselves, What's it going to cost the student athletes? I saw um, on Twitter several student athletes talking about one of the reasons they chose their school was so that their parents didn't have to travel. They chose a local school so that they could be regionally associated so their parents could watch them play and not have to travel. Did we ask them if they wanted to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast? Man, you know, I love the game, but every game that I coach, I look up in the stands and find my family. I make sure they can play. I make sure they can be there because that's what I'm doing this for. And, and you're talking about volleyball, baseball, softball, track, 
I mean, all all those other sports, man, they don't get they're not fortunate to travel like the way we do. Football be fine. Football be fine. Still, we count the cost of the collateral damage of everybody else. I don't know. I, only time will tell. But that is my biggest, like, looking at it going 24 hours after, say, did we really think about that? I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we did. I think Coach Rinkwitz absolutely crushed it here. Because, hey, welcome back, Kenton. Can you hear me? Hey, sorry, the Raleigh Storms took me out, y'all, but I'm back. No, actually, you jump back in at the perfect time. Uh, I had just finished showing the clip of Coach Drinkwitz uh, at Missouri, basically right. discussing, have we accounted for these athletes that are going to be put in this situation, especially these non-revenue athletes? He makes a point to harp on both softball and baseball. These these kids that are going to have to travel cross-country, sometimes in the middle of the week. Yeah. And you also factor in the the, the players that will commit to a school – because of the regional association and say, let's, let's link this back to yesterday. Let's say Jonathan Paler. He -hmm. commits to NC state in large part because maybe it's close to home for him. His family can come see his home games. And if he were a part of the 2023 NC state team, most of the games are right here in North Carolina. They wouldn't even have to leave the state to be able to see him play multiple times in a season. You get this conference realignment just thrown in here without accounting for any of this. And suddenly that might not be a factor for someone anymore. Maybe their their school decision based on a multitude of factors, you wipe out half of them and they're going to be sitting there wondering why they're still there at this school. And I mean, if you if you look at UCLA and USC in particular, right? Oh yeah. Like I know NC State fans are not fans of, of Bruins, and rightfully so after what happened during the bowl game and all that. But the reality is, if you said, Well, I'm gonna stay home in California because I want mom, grandma, dad, granddad uncle, auntie, nephew, cousin, everybody to come see me play, then what you just signed up for versus what you actually got was a situation to where um, a majority of your games are not, like logistically, just purely logistically, a majority of USC's games will not be, um, or not a majority, but a, a good chunk of all of their conference games will not be anywhere near the state of California. The closest that you're looking at, which we alluded to earlier, Minnesota or Wisconsin. Nebraska or, or so that's the closest and by and by close we mean not close at all that's a no, hike. not close at all you're not traveling thousands of miles to the closest yeah. school to potentially watch your kid play a conference game and it's yeah. just like you you it seems and like not to mention that... you got to do that a minimum of five five or six times uh or yeah. four four or five times a year at least yeah. and it just feels like all of that's just being pushed aside for the the commissioners and everyone else involved in these gigantic TV deals to just stick in their pockets just a little bit more than maybe they already were. Yeah. Is, is that is that the kind of cost we want to run with here? Is everybody sleeping well at night knowing that that might be the uh, the side effects of these massive deals like this? For for a lot of people, yeah, it really doesn't matter to them, and that's sad because something I talked about yesterday these regional rivalries and traditions, a lot of that is what make college football specifically, but college sports so great. And just it, wiping this out for a couple more bucks. Well, I say a couple, it's it's in the millions, of course. It's, what did it, Gordon it, Gecko say in Wall Street? Greed is good. And we've been running with it ever since. We've been running with it ever since. And these commissioners and whatnot are, are still running with that to this day. 
And, um, you know, I remember not too long ago, we were lauding that the Grand Rice was good for keeping everybody in, in place. And then all of a sudden it's terrible because your teams are getting the short end of the stick. You know, greed is good. Everybody wants more. Everybody says, I need more money. I need. And again, I, I say this because the same thing that people are saying about um, different situations of recruiting playing out right now. If a young man, woman, person, needs uh a a gaming lounge with a new xbox for everybody on the team if they need five indoor facilities guess what baby you can only practice at one place at a time if they need all of the and i'm not talking about basic stuff that's like a pitching lab or something like that like you kind of need that to work on your pitch you can't you can't develop to be better without it at a certain point you max out on like there's a certain amount of money where it's like, all right, you have everything. There's nothing else that you could desire that money will buy for you. And when you get to that point and you still find yourself chasing more, what what are we doing? I I also, I find it funny that some of the folks that are riding so hard for conference realignment is a good thing. And these conferences are making so much more money all these people with these opinions, you're not seeing any of this money. It, it doesn't. It's not going to affect your life. All it's going to do is affect how you are able to view the sport in which you I, love. Can I tell you this? Most of the people won't see that money. The players, by and large, will not see that money. True. Even if we're talking, in, if we say indirectly because they'll get better facilities, sure, they'll see the money. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Most people. 99.999% of people around and involved in college sports, this money will not touch your pockets. It will never affect you, my brother, sister, friend, and whatever deity you believe in. You all, that I promise you, the thunder rumbling outside right now will affect that you can hear will affect you much more closely than conferences realigning in a certain way. If you're pro or uh, if you're super pro, these conferences realigning will do to your bank account. It's just the reality. That's right. I had uh, I had another little portion I want to speak on Michael Allen. I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Uh, we have some severe storms rolling through Raleigh here, so I think we're we're on a time crunch in terms of losing power. We lost Kenton there for a couple minutes uh, as it was. So that's going to do it for us here on this Tuesday. As always, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, potentially through the the aftermath of these storms. On stay Tuesday safe morning. in these storms now. Follow Hopefully these. Follow the advisories. Safe. Exactly. Follow the advisories. If it says, you know what they say, don't drown. Turn around. If it doesn't look safe, go back. If there's a advisory to stay in the house, stay your tail in the house now. Whatever you got going on, whatever you got going to, it ain't worth it. Yes, of course. But if you're hearing us on Tuesday morning, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Thank you for hitting that like button, subscribe button, and jumping down in those comments. Let us know what you think and how you feel about this conference realignment mess, how you think, you know, NC state should or should not be more involved like other teams, perhaps like a Florida state. Uh, I Clemson's kind of lying in the weeds. I'm interested to hear what they think on this, but as always, thank you for tuning in. Go pack. Go pack. It's Kubota orange day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs> 